Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Christmas is over. Hanukkah is over. We're preparing for the new year. Shake off the hangover. We have a fun variety show teed up for you today. A little bit of news on new SEC rules about direct listings, which could be very impactful in 2023. Then our resident Notion expert, Charlie Cuddy, joins me to break down the new Notion AI tool. You thought ChatGPT was cool? This is actually amazing. And then producer Rachel comes on for a fun segment on how to plan a modern New Year's Eve party Gen Z style. We got some good new apps for you. Those include a startup called Partyful and an old app, but how to create the ultimate party playlist on Spotify and a little bit more. It's going to be a great show. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Crowdbotics. Great ideas can change the world. And Crowdbotics is the fastest way to turn those ideas into code. Get a free scoping session for your next big app idea at crowdbotics.com slash twist. And LinkedIn Jobs. A business is only as strong as its people, and every hire matters. Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash twist. All right, everybody, let's uh, kick off the show with a little bit of news and news that actually we there's been so much going on. Mm. that we've had to wait to talk about this one, but it's kind of an interesting setup for 2023 because big news in capital markets is that the SEC has approved a request by NASDAQ to expand the limits on capital raises for direct listings, i.e. make it easier Mm. to go public via direct listing. And the New York Stock Exchange has a similar proposal that is also expected to be approved And of course, the main reason for this happening, streamlining direct listings versus traditional IPOs, because we need some more freaking IPOs, people. Yeah, and direct listings don't require a bank. You just put your shares out to the market. Anybody can trade. And the price discovery is uh, all done in a little bit more of an elegant fashion. The banks don't get to control the processes. I mean, Bill Gurley has been talking about the wealth transfer that happens when a stock pops. If you were selling, you know, whatever shares of Uber or Airbnb, uh you know the and the stock doubles in the first day that means the company got half the value of those shares and there's all kinds of shenanigans that go on i know i've been on the other side of it where people offer you friends and family shares in a company where they give people early access to ipos who are banking clients etc etc so Hmm. um not to mention how much it costs to go public i mean now you know companies wait to go public until they're (laughs) series o Series R, Series W at this point. But one of the reasons you could imagine waiting so long is because it can cost you $750,000 to do a traditional IPO process. It's bananas. um, This now allows you, when you did a direct listing, you weren't allowed to sell new shares as part of that. But I think the SEC rightfully just looked at this and said, hey, if you're going to do a direct listing, which I think Spotify did. um, Spotify did. Slack. was the big one. uh, Slack did one. Mm -hmm. You can also raise money with it. Okay, so previously yeah. with a direct listing, you would just be public. You would set a share price and be public, but you didn't right. issue any new shares, meaning you could not raise new capital. It just sort of meant Correct. you're public now, Yeah, but it was easier. Well, And then uh, if your and, share and price no went up after you were public, then you raised capital that way, as opposed to having a fresh to do like injection. A secondary. You wouldn't do it at the same time, but now... Yeah. You don't need banks to do this. You can just go public. You list your shares. They're available. Coinbase did it, Slack did it, Roblox, Warby Parker, Palantir. Um, the direct listings are more efficient and they're fair because everybody then isn't locked up and you don't have this flipping of shares. So 
the ba- the thing that was also unfair was, uh, according to most people, the banks who are controlling these IPO process, they would give their clients or themselves these shares. Then the employees who have been working on the company for 10 years and working at Slack for 10 years or Spotify for 10 years, they have to wait six months. And then these other people for, during that six month period are flipping and they're getting the IPO price and the pops happening. So they underprice it. And what you really want is just better price discovery. You want the accurate price and you also want to be able to raise some shares and sell some. So it's just another option for people if they don't want to use a bank mm-hmm. to run the process is my best understanding of this. Yeah. And also to solve in some ways the like sprinkle some rainfall on the IPO drought, I would assume like maybe it's an incentive for more companies to go public. I don't know. In 2022, in 2021, over a thousand companies went public and raised something like $339 billion on US exchanges. In wow. 2022, I mean, this is just a shocking drop off. 207 companies went public. That's down, hmm. that number is down 80% year over year. Uh, and those companies raised between them about $24 billion. That number is down 93% wow. year over year. Would yeah. this be an incentive, do you think, for companies to go public earlier? Sure. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, like SPACs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, direct listings are just another option. Uh, and I think they will make it uh, more fluid for people to go public. And because they can raise money, uh, they'll do this as well. You don't need to have the banks running around doing this stuff. You can just list your shares. If people want to trade them, they can. So it gives you the ability to have liquidity for the shareholders, which include employees, early investors, and the founders. And that seems more fair. Yeah. You don't have to go through a huge process. If you want to raise some money, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. So we need more opportunities to get more companies public. Roughly, there's half as many companies, even with this, like, uh, you know, a bunch of SPACs and a bunch of companies going public. Over the last couple of years, we're still far behind the peak number of companies that were public. And so what mm. the the corollary to people becoming bag holders or, you know, the, the counter argument to like, oh, you shouldn't buy these SPACs is, well, then the public misses out on the ability to get in early on an Uber or an Airbnb or a Coinbase or a Slack. Because, you know, they, they went public so late. So there is going to be a balance here. There's always going to be some inventory of public companies that are lower quality. And then there are going to be some that are gems. And, and that's really part of the process of going public is the discipline of having this wider group of shareholders and the discipline of every day, your company being valued by a large group of shareholders. That creates massive dis- discipline. It creates price discovery. It also creates opportunity. That's why, uh, you know, people need to be educated uh, when buying these things. If you're going to buy a company that's in space travel or the 18th EV company like Fisker or whatever, like, you know, you're going to have to think, okay, do I think VTOLs, Joby, do I think, you know, uh, Virgin Galactic space mm-hmm. travel for tourism? Do I think Fisker or Nikola, you know, <laughs> you know, entrepreneurs who you might have some concerns about? you know, do you want to place those bets? And if you do, you, you might want to, if it's something that's really future tech, you might want to make a small bet. Yeah. tolls, space travel. You know, okay, if you're really into it, make a small bet. Or you look at management and you're like 18th, 19th, 20th EV company. Like, how are they going to beat Ford and Tesla? Like, really? Like, kind of hard. Walk um, me through the, for those who are not familiar, including me, walk me through what bill Gurley has been saying about ipos is it the is is the is the primary complaint about ipos the cost or is it this kind of unfairness it's that banks really control the pricing and that lets insiders benefit maybe more than investors and founders and employees so uh traditional ipos the bankers get 
to make too much money. So Bill Gurley has said, um, if you can get the company out by a direct listing and everybody mm -hmm. can trade the shares immediately, that's unquestionably better for the shareholders who built that company. Right. If a bank does it, well, then they have an incentive to keep the price low, make it pop to make their their customers, you know, make an instant return, flip the shares, etc. And that's a massive cost. Because so, the six month lockup period after an IPO is not applied equally. Not everybody has yeah, to abide and then the by fees, it. And then all the fees. The, and fees, then the fees are crazy. Right. Exactly. The bank's charge. Mm -hmm. So you should be able to, you know, just list your shares on Robinhood. Like and E-Trade, like if I have a company, it's got a billion shares. Let's say it's got a billion shares and they're trading at a dollar each. Like, why do I need a bank to start trading those? Seems kind of antiquated, right? Like, why do I have mm -hmm. to go through this process? What if I'm not trying to get a bunch of new investors in onto the cap table, which is what the banks do. They do that roadshow. They introduce you to a bunch of investors. Those investors buy chunks of your company. Well, what if you're like, I have a profitable company. I have tons of cash in the bank. I just want to be public in year six or seven as Slack with you know whatever 25 or 50 million or if canva wanted to be public right now they could just be public float 10 percent of the shares 100 million shares are available for a dollar each people can trade in and out of them but we don't need to raise money or we're going to raise right. just a small amount we're going to put 900 million shares out there and we're going to sell 100 million shares for a dollar each that gets us to a billion shares so you know but we'll sell them for a dollar each whatever the market will bear that is a lot fairer than having a bank do it and then yeah. losing control of the process. So it's about control. It's about cost and fees. And it's about all these little nuanced ways that banks extract value while the people who built the company are at a disadvantage, which is profoundly unfair. Yeah, I love it. Direct listings are like the Bitcoin of the going public process. Like it really is about decentralization and taking out the middleman because all banks are here yeah. at this point, right? And you could argue that they... The service they are hired to perform is to help you with that price discovery, is to use their expertise to, you know, take you out with the most opportunity of success possible, but also, mm. you know, they yeah. take 5.4% of gross prof proceeds from the offerings, apparently. That's according the to status. Like, <laughs> what's reasonable here? And, you yeah. know, it sh people should have the ability to just list them. And, and you, you know, I yeah. think that is one of the promises of crypto. That was, a, you know, a valid reason to get excited. What mm -hmm. if you could take a venture fund and just say, you know, each percentage ownership in that $100 million fund was available on the blockchain. And then as the fund grew, people could sell in and out of it. Yeah. So you were in year zero of the fund, it got to year seven, your 1% in the $100 million fund, you put a million dollars in is now worth 2 million. And you say, you know what, I need, I want to cash out now. And somebody else says, well, you know what, I'll give you 1.8 for that. I want a 10% discount, because I actually believe in what's in the portfolio. And I'll get you out of that position. That ability to get in and out of positions fluidly without at low cost, that is the beauty of um, I think the the decentralized or more fluid crypto vision of the world. Yep. And direct listings are in some ways analogous to that, I guess. Sure. You're still a gonna little bit. It's, you know, a little bit. Yeah. You're still using uh, banks, like it's still financial markets, but it is a bit of this decoupling from from the middleman. Get get the which middleman. Which we saw out. with SPACs. Like I feel like Silicon Valley has been trying to reform the IPO for a long time. Like you have Eric Ries with the long-term stock exchange. Yes. You even IEX was a part of that, trying to yep. sort of like get rid of the, um, the, the increase, implement the speed bump to get rid of some of the yep. front running advantages or disadvantages. So there's like a lot of attempts to reform this process. Yep. 
And this is clearly in favor of founders and investors. And so this was one of the few things that a traditional IPO where a banker takes you on the road and sells your shares. This was the one piece. This was the one criticism of a direct IPO is that you couldn't raise money in the process of doing a direct listing. Right now you can, I guess. Yeah, they have approved it. So the SEC approved the NASDAQ's request and then New York Uh Stock Exchange has a similar one in Mm -hmm. the works that's expected to be approved since they approved the other one. So yeah, it's going to be it's a whole new year. Yeah, fantastic. IPOs, Congratulations to Bill Gurley and the people who worked on this, right? More more competition, always good for the market. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And lower those fees, obviously. The future is decentralized. Do you have a great idea, but you don't have a technical co-founder? Well, boom, Crowdbotics is your CTO as a service. You know how it is. A lot of times, these amazing ideas you have, well, they fail in the planning phase. Crowdbotics will make sure that doesn't happen to you. They offer pre-built app templates to help you build your MVP, your first version of your product faster than anybody else can. This means you can stop building from scratch and start using the same architecture that all the industry leaders do. There's no reason to reinvent the wheels, not when you have a great partner like Crowdbotics. You can go from idea to spec and spec to code super easily because they do this for a living. And if you're not sure where to start, well, Crowdbotics offers professional scoping. This helps you flesh out your project at the MVP stage and beyond. And here's why Crowdbotics really gets this done in an awesome fashion. They have automated DevOps, maintenance, security updates, and App Store publishing. You don't have to worry about all that blocking and tackling. They do it right, right from the start. And the best part is you own the source code. You own the IP. So let the folks at Crowdbotics show you how all this works. You can schedule a free scoping session and get your detailed build plan done by Crowdbotics at crowdbotics.com slash twist. That's crowdbotics.com slash twist. Again, it's free. You got nothing to lose and you got everything to gain. Crowdbotics.com slash twist. All right. Next up, we have our own Charlie Cuddy joining to give us an incredible demo notion the database and blogging and kind of web creation tool that all the startups love has a new amazing AI assistant. And Charlie is going to come on and show us how to use it to mm, pretty much start a business. Okay, we're getting ready for 2023 in all kinds of ways on today's show. We have been talking obviously, all through 2022, especially the last couple of months, a lot about generative AI text to image with Dolly 2 stable diffusion. There's chat GPT coming out and writing everybody's end of the year papers for them and a lot more. It seems like in the upcoming year, these tools are going to go supernova. And here's just one example that kind of flew under the radar. Back in November, Notion, the note-taking and database app that all the startups are using, uh, introduced Notion AI. They're currently working through a massive wait list to onboard people, but our in-house Notion guru, Charlie Cuddy, who you probably know from Founder University, was one of the earliest people allowed on the service. So we got him on despite his strep throat and misery to give us a quick demo. Come on, Charlie, come on in. Hey, Molly. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Thank no, you good to be here. for doing this. I appreciate it. We should, I guess we should start. Okay. Can you give us a little explainer about Notion for those who are not using it? There are 30 million people using Notion. It's kind of a darling in the startup world, but not everybody knows what it does. Yeah, it's really a no-code platform that allows you to work across teams really quickly. Uh, some of the most powerful powerful features, in my opinion, are the 
the database capabilities where you can create all these different databases that can then be tagged or using uh, different formulas to do just about anything you want, creating different views. I mean, we use it internally, uh, obviously, for a lot of a lot of stuff, whether it's Twist or our investment team. Um, those, are, those are some of the big ones, but it also really quickly can stand up landing pages and share them publicly to the web. Uh, just a lot of a lot of speed to get things out the door uh, and help with organization as well. Yeah, massively efficient. All right. And then Notion AI. So, you know, chat GPT, which we've all been going crazy for, has like a couple of million users that we know of. It's sort of creeping into the public consciousness, but it's it's a test, right? It's a beta right now. Notion AI is built right into the product. And Charlie is going to show us how <laughs> we're just going to use one example that I think is relevant to our audience, which is how to use Notion to take a person from big tech employee to full-fledged founder. And we've got that screen up. Okay, let's do this. Let's say Charlie is a high-paid employee working at a big tech company, but you want to start a company. Where would you start? Yeah, so right here in Notion, just with a, a backslash and maybe just to kind of set the stage, there's a lot of different AI prompts. We'll work through some of these here as we kind of narrate this story. but. One of the things we could do is to create a pros and cons list. I have a high paying tech <laughs> job, but am interested in starting my own startup. What are the pros and cons? Amazing. All right. So pros. So it's just populating here. Chat GPT style pros. Having the opportunity to create something from scratch. The potential for high rewards for success. Having more control over your own destiny the ability to learn and grow significantly, the possibility to have a larger impact on the world. I'm sold. I'm quitting this high-paid job. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> we also have the cons. Increased risk and potential failure. True. Long hours and hard work. Financial instability in the early stages. Uncertainty and potential burnout. And then a high-pressure and stressful environment. I mean, I would say these are all pretty true based on what we know of founders. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is just really fascinating with this is the ability to say, okay, this is good uh, and keep it. And then you can actually continue or you can even just, you know, try again and have it regenerate. But like if we were to say that we wanted to keep it here, Molly, I can come in here and ask it to continue writing. Okay. And it's just going to take what we <gasps> have seen from our pros and cons list and start just kind of breaking it down a little bit more. Give us uh, some, some more context, whether we want to start writing a blog post or you know, taking this as a just general brainstorming session. So for those who are not watching the video, it wrote, despite these risks, many entrepreneurs believe that the potential rewards are worth it. With the right team, resources and focus, an AI-driven business can have a major impact on the world. I like that it assumed that's where you want to go as an AI-driven business, which you did not specify, to be clear. It can be an incredibly exciting and rewarding experience. That said, it is important to make sure that the risks are understood and managed. A successful AI-driven business requires thoughtful planning and diligent execution. All right. So you're going to, let's say you're going to take the leap, but there's a new problem, which is that you can't think of an idea. You want to start a business, but you don't know what kind, but you do have some passions. Yeah. And you know, you want to start a software business, not necessarily <laughs> AI, right? So we can have Notion kind of brainstorm some ideas here with me. Oh my so God. Let's maybe say that we wanted to create a software. Um, I'm interested in creating a software 
company in the food industry helped me brainstorm some ideas of major problems I could solve with this startup. My God. I mean, it hasn't even generated an answer yet, and I just can't even believe you could ask it that. Whoa, look at this list. So we have, I don't know, 10, 10 ideas right off the bat. You're calling this brainstorm. So some of the ideas it suggested are create a software platform that allows restaurants to streamline their ordering and delivery. Okay, that exists. Develop a mobile app that allows customers to order their food from their favorite restaurants. Uh-huh, check. Create a software platform to help restaurants manage their inventories and stock levels. I'm sort of skipping through these software platform to help restaurants increase customer loyalty, purchase gift cards for their favorite restaurants, help restaurants track customer preference and recommend dishes. I mean, there are a ton of ideas here. Is there one that you want to keep working with? Um, I'm trying to think here. We could also try and see if it can regenerate some, but like I said, we can we can try again and, event- and essentially you can add a little bit more context to try and help it out. Yeah, so maybe we want to just tweak the tweak the ask here uh, of Notion AI and take our ideas uh, for a startup in the food industry and add in here with low churn and just see uh, if it can rewrite some of these. All right. Now Immediately getting, right away goes to the onboarding. All right. So now we're getting right onboarding for restaurants to start using the software and AI powered system to recommend menu items that really wants us to use AI. An AI-powered chatbot, a mobile app, personalized discounts and promotions to encourage customer loyalty. Okay, any of these jumping out at you that you want to steal? We'll grab this offering a subscription-based model to reduce reduce churn. So, just going to pull this out so we know kind of what we've selected as we continue to move through this this journey. All right. So, we have our idea and we're going to call the company... Cuddy Food Tech, All right, and we're going to register it as a Delaware C-Corp. You're telling me we can do this in Notion? I have some notes here that, that claim that this is what we're going to be able to do. <laughs> we can. I think we just want to make sure that people creating their startups are registering as a Delaware C-Corp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> and oh. helpful hint from us to you, register your startup as a Delaware C-Corp. <laughs> <laughs> but Notion can help you write this press release. So What? A new tech startup in the food industry. What did we say it was? Cuddy. Cuddy Food Food Tech. Food Tech has recently launched and is offering a subscription-based model to reduce churn. Cuddy Food Tech is looking for beta customers. Oh my God. Look at this. All right, so we have a headline, Cuddy Food Tech launches subscription model to reduce churn. Cuddy Food Tech, a new tech startup in the food industry, has recently launched and is offering a subscription-based model to reduce churn. Cuddy Food Tech is now looking for beta customers to test out their new subscription model. Customers will be able to access Cuddy Food Tech's technology, services, and products at a discounted rate. Subscribers will also receive exclusive offers and discounts. With the subscription model, Cuddy Food Tech is aiming to reduce churn and increase customer loyalty. I mean, it's working with what we gave it. Totally. And so maybe, again, like... Maybe we I, could add a little, like, yep, you know... Let's add a little. Know. Yeah, let's what add a What do you think little. here, Molly? Let's say for... Are the, are the, are the restaurant customers the subscribers? Let's give like it a little that. bit of work to yeah, work with. Okay, if we're, so if we're trying customers. To reduce, yeah. So uh, customers can subscribe to their favorite restaurant for $15 a month to get discounts, easy, like, uh, reservation priority, and free delivery. 
Cuddy Food Tech looks forward to providing an amazing experience for their customers and will be working with local restaurants to ensure a smooth transition. I like that. Yeah, totally. So really, you could just sort of say, like, we're going to prioritize local restaurants to give them a leg up and it would work with all of that information and turn into that's okay. Amazing. All right. I like this one gives us a nice little call to action. Sign up, get the best deals, discounts, priority reservations at your favorite restaurants. Get ready to experience the best that the food industry has to offer with Cuddy Food Tech. That is amazing. <laughs> it's just okay, interesting so- to me how well it does at kind of changing the language a little bit from just creating yeah. a list to actually having the feel of a little bit more formal uh, press release. And yeah. If we were ever to get into it, the blog post features also have a slightly different kind of feel to it. It's not quite as formal. So it can write a press release and a blog post. It could. Oh, my goodness. All right. And we could actually do the continue writing continue here. Continue writing. Yeah, let's see what else. And let it committed. keep. Oh, it just will keep going. Cuddy Food Tech is committed to the best service for its customers. It's confident that the subscription model will be beneficial to both restaurants and customers alike. It gets the, it gets the value of the marketplace here. Yep. And it's just what? cool that as you continue writing, it knows you're trying to, you know, that you're, you're, you liked what it was accepted and to continue building off of this. Right. And now it's like, now it's built out a value proposition for the restaurants that we didn't even put in there. By streamlining operations and reducing costs, Cuddy Food Tech will enable restaurants to focus on providing the best food while customers can enjoy discounts and convenience. It gets it. A little tangent of what this continued writing can really do that I find even more fascinating is you can actually ask it to write the HTML and CSS for a website if you wanted to give it some verbal cues for the, for the actual code on that front end. Uh, and then if you continue writing, you can add in and say, okay, now make the, you know, you implement JavaScript to make the buttons clickable and it will use the context that it wrote for you in the code. What? Pretty, and pretty then, cool. and then uh, just as a reminder for people who don't use Notion, you can immediately publish that as a web page. It's, a, oh my Lord, this is terrifying. Okay. Let's keep going with our, uh, with our automated business building via Notion. Now you've got Cuddy Food Tech exists. It has a press release. It's got a couple customers. But you need to hire a data scientist to sort through all this information. Yeah, so we'll just pop up a a job description as one of the features here that Notion allows us quickly to do. So let's say we are looking for a data scientist with five plus years of experience, you'd say, in Python. Okay. Um, They are, or we are, looking for an individual interested in working for a moderate salary to start up but very high equity mm, okay Let's see what we can do here whoa okay so again if you're not watching this is insane we're looking for an experienced data scientist with five plus years of experience in python the successful candidate will work with our team to develop and drive our data-driven initiatives and strategies the successful candidate will be comfortable working with a moderate salary, but with very high equity. Responsibilities include develop and maintain data-driven strategies and initiatives, collect, process, analyze, and interpret large sets of structured and unstructured data. True for this job. Utilize data analysis techniques to identify trends and insights that inform decision-making. And then it lists the qualifications and even gives examples of data visualization tools that you would need to know in order to get this job. Plus, like qualitative requirements such as strong analytical and problem solving skills and just the formatting is so nice just the title bullet points yeah so you've hired because we're just going to keep going we're just going to keep going on our tour to oh my god right here 
you hired a data analyst, you also hired a developer and a few sales and marketing people. And now we got to get the product team aligned with the sales team ahead of 2023. So we're going to have Notion AI craft a meeting agenda for us. We have a new prompt here. Yeah, so let's get everyone on the same page. Well, we need to get our new developers on the same page as our sales and marketing team as we set goals for 2023. Meeting title, getting on the same page. The purpose of this meeting is to bridge the gap between our sales and marketing teams and our new developers with the goal of setting concrete objectives for 2023. Topics discussed will include identifying areas of overlap between the three teams, outlining objectives for 2023, setting timelines for achieving objectives, establishing communication channels between teams, and creating an action plan for achieving goals. This is already more organized than any meeting I've had at launch. Just kidding. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. So we have done, I don't know, 11 minutes of work here. And Notion AI has brainstormed an idea for a company, wrote a press release, punched it up, wrote a detailed and organized job description. So helped us get hires and then created a meeting agenda. And then that's like, what, a third of what it can do? Yeah. Like a third. I mean, especially with your journalistic background, I'm sure there's a lot of just getting the ball rolling. Like, one of the cool features I, I really like is like, just help me write an outline. Give me some bullet points on something that, you know, get me rolling in the right direction. And then you can use that continue writing and it'll take those bullet points and start structuring it. You can That's write bonkers. You can write poems. Yeah. What? Yeah. Here. Show us, pull up just sort of the list. Let's read some of the things yeah. that we can do. Cause I saw a poem in there too. And I was like, That's okay. So we can do, we can find action items. I'm curious about what that is. But before that blog post pros and cons list, like we did social media post, an outline, a creative story, a poem, an essay, a meeting agenda, a press release, job description, sales email, and even recruiting emails, sales emails. Should we try one? Yeah. Cuddy Food Tech. Cuddy Food Tech is selling subscriptions to your favorite restaurant. Local, your favorite local restaurant. Yeah. Local. We're leaning into local here. For $15 a month discount. If not before the end of the year. Wow. Gives you a subject line. You have a subject. Hey there. Do you want to enjoy your favorite local restaurant without ever leaving your home? Now's your chance. Cuddy Food Tech is offering discounted subscriptions to your favorite local restaurant from just $15 a month, but you need to act fast to get the discount. It's only available until the end of the year. Take advantage of this offer and enjoy delicious restaurant quality meals from the comfort of your own home. Sign up now and start enjoying delicious meals today. Dude, that's absolutely terrifying. Just always getting you a nice jumping off point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You could even do a follow-up email Yeah. if we they could. don't reply. Is that true? I believe we can't. I I wonder if we continue writing what wonder, will happen yeah. on the email. I haven't. Hmm. I mean, we could probably play with. We could play with, with this it. all day, but Oops. yeah. Oh yeah, you'll also get a number of other other benefits such as loyalty rewards, priority reservations, and free delivery. So I think yeah. it must have remembered that from last time. Yep. Yeah. Every time we keep it, it keeps getting smarter on the on the page of what we're building out. Oh boy! All right. Well, this is an amazing tool i'm thrilled that charlie of all people got early access to it i don't even want to list the number of startups that are having to rewrite their business plans right now as a result of this but it's pretty astonishing 
yeah, it's really, I just can't wait to see what it keeps, keeps evolving to. Amazing. Charlie, thank you. Go rest your voice. Happy awesome. new year. We appreciate you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Always happy to see you, Molly. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Right now, every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. Your runway might be a little tighter right now, right? And fundraising, certainly that's a little bit harder. So you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the most qualified candidates available. That's why you have to use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then you add your job to LinkedIn, and you get that purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That spreads the word that you're hiring. So your network sees the purple ring. What a great innovation over at LinkedIn jobs. We love all the easy to use tools that LinkedIn gives us. That's where we do our hiring. Uh, like screening questions, screening questions, they filter out the non serious candidate. And uh, it's really that simple. LinkedIn is where the most qualified people are. And that's where you're going to find your next great hire just like I do. And so go find amazing talented candidates today. And you'll understand immediately when you get to LinkedIn jobs why they are rated number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to. And they help you do it faster post your job for free. That's right for free linkedin.com slash twist. That's linkedin.com slash twist to post your job for free terms and conditions apply because they're giving you something for free. All right. I mean, I think we can all agree that AI is the story of 2023. That was bananas. Okay, next up, it's almost New Year's. And we need to plan a party the modern way producer Rachel is coming on for an awesome Rachel reporting segment where we are going to band together and plan the best this week in startups new year's party all right we have a fun little segment for you because new year's is approaching and it's time to start planning your party if you have not already listen i'm not judging i'm a last minute party planner but also there are startups and cool gen z tech that i bet you don't know about to help you so we have rachel reporting producer rachel on today for like sort of a special party planning. Okay, Boomer, there she is. Super <laughs> excited. I've been waiting to talk about this stuff for a while. I'm I know, you've been talking about Partiful, I feel like. You brought it up. I have. We I have, have a couple. We have a whole process for you today that hopefully is going to lead. I mean, it's only Tuesday. Like you still have time to plan <laughs> your New Year's party, I think. Um, or to decide to throw one based on this segment. But uh, we're going to start with a couple like cool startups that that people are using. I just like, I feel so embarrassed every time I'm like that the Gen Z's are using, but I guess that's our segment. So <laughs> there's some of them that the Gen Z's are using some of them, the Gen Z's are taking part on, um, like there's a gig economy app we're going to be talking about that pays really well. So if you guys listen to this segment, my friends really like it. There's also some fun drinks, your current tech stack. So let's dive in, I guess. Love it. Love it. All right. So what do we have? What are the, what are the cool new apps for planning okay. a party? First thing we have to talk about is Partyful. I've probably already talked about them on the show, honestly, because I never, I never shut up about them. <laughs> I found out about Partyful when I moved to New York and I absolutely love them. It's basically this planning app. And the reason I like it is my phone number. None of my information gets shared. I do choose to link my Twitter account because my Twitter account's pretty public anyway. Oh, okay. But I love not having my information shared um, with the universe because before we used these uh like facebook groups and then everybody was able to see like the photos my mom tagged me in back in middle oh. school so mm -hmm. uh, that's why i like partyful but according to pitchbook they raised 20 million dollars in venture funding funding led by a16z and initialized capital management back in november of this year 
And that put their pre-money valuation at an estimated $80 million. So they're doing pretty good. Okay, so how... First of all, I feel like I should ask as the boomer in the room-ish, boomer-ish, like, have you ever used Evite or paperless posts? Like, what does this do that's different from... I get what's different from Facebook, which is like less sharing overall. The thing that I really like about it that's different than a lot of other platforms I've used, especially in its competitor space, before I found out about this whole world of ticketing, because I, before honestly coming to New York last year, didn't know much about it, um, was we used a group me. So again, you could hide your phone number on that. um, But then everybody still gets chats and you kind of lose things along the way. Facebook, but like I said, that felt pretty invasive. And then with Partyful, you can send out text blasts. So you don't even see other people in the group and you can hide attendees. Um, And I like that a lot. I just find it to be a lot smoother of a process and a lot more private than other apps. And as you get older, uh, and the more you realize you don't want to get spam calls, uh, the more I feel like I try to hide my phone number. And this also does, because I did move to New York in January of last year, it does have things that are kind of nice, like you can add COVID precautions, like asking people to wear a mask, making sure they're vaccinated, asking that right in the uh, the invite. And you can also request people to Venmo you right away. And it says, have you Venmoed Rachel? Are you sure you've Venmoed Rachel? And stuff like that. And, oh, that's awesome, actually. Yeah. Yes, that's good. Those are some of the things that I like about this one. And it has this, I feel like is clutch. We're going to talk a little more about like how to gather your photos after, but this yeah. lets people upload photos. I mean, that's again, not uncommon, but it sounds like it's like more native, like just more built in that you can upload photos directly from the invitation. Exactly. So you can upload them before and after. If you go to the website, you can see all your past events. And if somebody uploaded photos afterwards, you can even go back and see them. What I've seen before, though, is if people upload photos before the event, it's normally a theme event and they're giving you kind of like ideas of what to wear. Um, And if it's after an event, it's people that walked around with like disposables or something and they upload them um, right to there as well. And we say this a lot, but it's always super annoying. And I know Jason hates this a lot as well um, when there's one person that doesn't have an iPhone. And this kind of takes (laughs) away that awkward green message person that pops up um, if it's like a text group chat or if you're sending that iCloud link. I mean, wh- like, who are we even? We're just like, ugh, that friend. I literally have a friend who works at Google. Like, there's yeah. nothing she can do about it. Oh, right, right. It's totally fine now, too. But, but it it's is, nice that, yeah. But we were all sitting around having, like, you know, whatever cookie night. And it was like, why can't we change the name of our group chat? And everyone was like, <laughs> rah, rah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. But also, other, like, Gen Z friendly things. I found this amazing <laughs> New York Times style, like, you know, course style piece about it from september of this year saying is this the least cringe option (laughs) to get people to your party but it also like it sends text reminders which is so much better than email like even just just the fact that sort of more legacy party platforms and it sounds like this could be for either a big event which is where the privacy stuff really comes in or for a small party totally exactly okay all right so i've done for dinner parties the only thing that i've found that's kind of weird is i think and I don't know this for a fact, but I've noticed that I've gone to big events before and people have been able to take my um, like invite or maybe other people that have been hosts. Maybe there's like a group of people hosting an event and then they can invite me to another giant event. So recently I was invited to an event out in L.A. I don't live in L.A. I've never been to the city of L.A. I'm like, you know what? That might be a little bit of a mix up. Um, and I got the party full invite and I realized one of the people hosting must have been another host at um a different function I was at. So it's my only thing is 
they might want to figure out how much uh, access hosts have to the contact list, even post the party. Yeah, interesting. Um, also, it has cute design. Um, it does. I, so let's pull up the invite that you made for our twist New Year's <laughs> Eve party, which is what we're planning right now. We're just totally planning a party. There it is. A party with this week in startups. Eight out yep. of ten spots left and a Spotify link to add songs. Perfect. See, look how cute it's that great. is. It's so modern. I love it. And I got to upload this little, if you guys saw that, that this we can start up uh, graphic. It lets you upload your own little album cover. I like that. I think it's cute. Go on a Canva, upload and it. It's free. It's kind of cute. Free. Yeah. And, and it's free. For, don't even get me started. It, I don't, don't know how they're free. Yeah. I, I don't either because every other party platform has started charging and kind of a lot. Like it's sort of, yeah. I think I spent like 60 or 70 bucks last year to send a paperless post to like a lot of people no with way. a premium invite you know yeah it's a little ridiculous now i'm like i'm just using a combination of rando group texts right that's kind of what i was doing it felt like before especially then for dinners left someone out yeah you leave somebody out or it's like somebody is like not going but they're still in and they don't want to leave because they don't want to be rude that happened with me recently when i did a i did a cookie decorating thing and similarly to you the same week i did a cookie decorating event and one of the girls couldn't make it, but she didn't want to be rude and like leave the chat. And so she was like awkwardly in the chat for a while. And I was yeah. like, I'm sorry there. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Hey, everybody. It's Molly Wood, co-host of This Week in Startups and Managing Director here at Launch. And our mission at Launch is to back builders and help build founders. Founder University is one of the ways that we do that. We've got a 12-week online course to help you build and launch your MVP or idea. It's a hybrid course, meaning there are live presentations virtually twice a week and asynchronous learning. At the live sessions, those include presentations from industry experts, and you'll get a Q&A with these experts and members of the launch team, plus deep dives every week to cover what you're learning. And then asynchronously, we're going to give you homework, a little extra videos and reading each week, and we'll go step by step with you as you build your MVP. Now, I know you're wondering, how much does this cost? Okay, so we want founders to have skin in the game, but we don't want to take money from our bootstrapped builders. So here's what we do. We charge $500 upfront for the Founder University 12-week course. But if you attend the live sessions and you launch an MVP, we'll give it back. In other words, this is our ethos in action. Do the work and we return the entire $500 at the end and it's free. So do you have an excellent idea for a startup, but you don't know where to start? Or are you in the early stages of launching your MVP looking for those first customers? Founder University is a place to guide you through those early stages. Cohort five of our 12-week Founder University will kick off in March 2023. You can learn more and apply at course.founder.university. Hope to see you there. All right, let's look at so competitors, because this is such an interesting space. Like we get pitched on party planning, apps all the time yeah. like oh how to organize your events or show you what to do and we're always like uh, it's so crowded but they're still out here getting funded so uh posh is a platform that was founded it looks like around the same time as partiful according to pitchbook they raised more like a hundred thousand uh at a pre-money valuation of two hundred thousand dollars not that 80 million dollars that uh <laughs> the partiful yeah is valued at right now um let's see kickback collab do you know about this one I've only been to one event from them. And so they're similar to Partyful. I have never had like hosted my own event on them. And I've only been to one birthday party. And it was in the beginning of December. 
Um, and my only issue is when I got the text from people, I was thinking, why isn't this just on Partyful? So I think that's probably <laughs> wow. good for Partyful. Yeah, it is. And that I was a like, lot. right. And I was like looking into it and I was like, this is weird. Like most, most people in my friend group have like kind of moved over to Partyful. And I realized it was because the kickback collab app was founded by a UPenn grad. And the party that I went to was for a group of UPenn students. And I'm like, you know what? Utilizing your network. So interesting to see maybe in Philly where people live. Uh, kickback club is like a lot more popular than partyful is i'm not sure and there's another one like you said posh um i've actually again i am a partyful stan i will only use partyful from here on out and i've <laughs> gone to events with posh but they've all been those like larger scale events and they have not really niched down and, like tackled those uh those small groups um all right so partyful is the winner in terms of planning now let's talk about what we're gonna do to make sure that our party is super baller, aka the key to an awesome party hiring a bartender. There's an app for that now too. <laughs> there is. <laughs> because and I just went through this and it was a pain. Right. That's actually <laughs> what made I me think known. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess before we even dive into this, how did you find a bartender for a party? I went on uh DuckDuckGo like I always do, and I was like, bartender staffing in Oakland. Okay. Okay. And I did this last year. So I found a company last year and I used, you know, was used them again this year, but their quote had gone up quite a bit. And so I was like, there's got to be something else like event staffing, this and that. And I ended up, you know, at some, like you always end up with the thing that does a huge corporate party and they sent yep. me like a, you know, bill for or a quote for $2,500 or some crazy thing like that. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm in over my head here. Like I just, yeah. not, you know, um, yeah, no, literally internet for event staffing. It's a Craigslist, it almost feels it's like. It's like Craigslist. It right? Is, it is janky. It is boomer. It was a boomer way to find help. <laughs> I'm I'm not the level where even my friends have people that are like acting as bartenders at their parties yet, but I do have friends that are bartenders at other people's parties. Like that's where I kind of am at, at the adult totem pole. And they've used Jit Jat Joe and they love it. It pays really well. So if you're somebody looking for gig work, I hear great things. And I'm not sure how many cities it's in. And I do know 100% that it is in New York. However, my friends in Baltimore, I don't think I've heard of this. Um, but basically, it's like Uber for things like hospitality, retail, healthcare, education, God. things like that. Um, something that's great about them is they have a really extensive vetting product process. So you actually know who you're getting. So um, they make sure people have like their training certifications. See right here, criminal record. Um, they check that pre-shift health screening, COVID nineteen awareness, and hygiene training. Might be a little bit better than looking on Craigslist, but again, yeah. I I don't know. I don't have a bartender at my party, but I do know that my friends really like it who are into gig work. And it this was founded a while ago. It was founded back in twenty fifteen. I didn't start hearing about it a lot, though, until the pandemic happened when a lot of my friends quit their full-time service industry work and then went to gig work. They've raised $17.94 million to date, and its most recent valuation was $77 million as of 2019. Wow. It's a, and it, we, I should say it looks like you can hire for like healthcare. Yeah. And yeah. it's sort of like, I mean, it's so fascinating how it's all the same business, but updated, right? Like this is temp work. This is yep. what, like, you know, we would have called a temp agency. You know, <laughs> or, where you have like, or anything yeah. I actually did the, my first year after college, I was a Kelly girl. There was an agency called Kelly and it was like Kelly temporary placement. But it, th the vestige of when it was like the 50s was that you would literally go out and be called a Kelly girl. 
my friends are like Lululemon holiday workers. And I saw this and I was like, oh, Lululemon could be taking holiday workers from places like this. Yeah. Um, so I would be interested to see if there's like boutiques around like small towns or anything like that. If this was like able to go to places that weren't just big cities and see how like these were utilized. So you can even do it by like day rather than doing it from like November to January because that must just be like a hit on your payroll. Yeah. Definitely. This is smart. This is very smart. And also, yes, I would love to have hired a bartender. <laughs> I want to be clear that this is like a new, this is a recent unlock for me. This is a level up the hiring a bartender for your party. I had never done it before this big party I threw last year, but now I've decided that every year I'm doing a holiday party where I hire a bartender. Oh, so I love great. that. That's so cool. It's so great. You should come out next year. Is I've never been. I've never been so to SF. Fun. Looking, I'll, I'll put it on the calendar. I know. What? Oh my goodness. I know. Okay, well, let's, okay, D to C brands. Hot, still yes. a little bit. D to C beverages, great for your holiday party, and non-alcoholic is the jam. Yeah, it's a so, thing, right? The sober yeah. curious movement, um, I guess, didn't really go anywhere. I guess that that pretty much started again after the pandemic. I feel like late 2020, 2021 blew up. Twenty twenty two, we have all these great companies that have stuck around. Um, obviously, D to C, maybe not doing great right now, but the beverage industry for them. The people I think that have shined bright in 2022 have been Kin, Key, I believe it's pronounced, and Toast. Um, all three I have tried before, and all three I like. I think they're pretty good. Diet Coke girl. So if I go to a party and they don't have like something I want to drink that's alcoholic, or if I'm just not drinking that day, I go straight for the Diet Coke. But if you want something fun for a party, I think it would be kind of cool to have one of these. Toast is super cute. Actually, yeah. Right? A, a friend of mine brought, a VC buddy of mine brought non-alcoholic wine. As Ooh. the as the like thing to contribute to my That's holiday awesome. party. Yeah. I mean, it really is like a big trend. And I think it would look super. I mean, I like these because they look a little classier than having like a bunch of cans of Diet Coke in right? your bar. But everybody does like a Coke or a Diet Coke. Right. Really I, had a, I did a craft sodas at my birthday party earlier this earlier this month. My mm. uh, favorite little wine bar. Shout out Cafe Sky in the Lower East Side has super duper cute options for craft sodas for my friends that don't drink for my friends that didn't want to drink that night definitely something to have at parties now um that it is almost 2023 ken is super cool because the co-founders bella hadid uh gia was go. on shark tank and nick jonas's wife priya chopra absolutely loves it and toast i think would be cool for 2023 as like a champagne alternative like even the glass like brian pulled it up earlier you saw it was like kind of that yellow color. I'm like, this would look good in photos. And like photos, you know what I mean? I think it would look I good. I do. Okay, well, uh, oh no, we're not to photos yet. But okay, so other things for planning our twist New Year's Eve party music. I noticed on the Partiful invite that you made that you created a Spotify list that people could contribute to. This is the first year I've ever done the, the collaborative Spotify where like I have a couple girlfriends who are really good at making playlists and I was just like, help because I'm not, you know, and we had a whole... It was a whole conversation about the hour of like chill music and then the <laughs> gentle transition like to like jazzy and then the dance chunk and then the wind down. And we were placing songs literally like we got to end the dance chunk with Purple Rain. And then that, you know, <laughs> it was whole. Yeah. But no, I seriously, know, I don't know. If, does everybody does, do all your friends know you can use Spotify like this? I don't know. And I actually got thinking about this. So again, the first party I did this for is my birthday. And it's because I am not confident enough to be the DJ. I am of the small minority that enjoys country music in my area of New York. And that is not going to fly 
at my birthday party um, listening to a bunch of Kenny Chesney. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make a Spotify playlist. Nobody's going to want to listen to my music. Um, and it went over really great. But like you said, this was the first time you did it. This was the first time I did it. Yeah. I got the idea from Spotify Blends, which is another feature. So basically, um, Spotify takes the music that you like and whoever you're blending with, like your friend, and it makes a playlist um, curated to both of your types of music that overlap. And you can actually do this now. I've seen influencers doing it with fans and celebrities. And I'm like, how interesting of a way um, to get closer to like the people you care about. And I'm like, well, if like these influencers are doing it and creating like these playlists and playing it like in the back of their videos and stuff to connect to fans. I feel like that's like music collaboration is a space, a feature, I guess, that is going to blow up a lot more soon. So super pumped to have that at my party. I like it too. I do think it's not going to be a startup, you know, just to keep this in the feature. In the yeah, startup in the universe. Feature. It's a feature. And yep. unfortunately, it's like a, the kind of feature that only Spotify is going to be able to pull off because they have the access to the library. Like it would be really, really tough to do this if you're not, if you're somebody, oh, yeah. if you're not somebody who's already negotiated all of these deals. But Spotify is right? actually doing it. It's a feature that's a little under the radar, but way easier. Also, I discovered, so I, you know, you've always got one friend who, appears to not totally understand the assignment so instead of helping curate the one playlist she made four and sent them all and i was like this does not help me however you can take a playlist click the three dots and move it the whole thing right into another playlist. oh so you don't have to individually click each one yeah so i remember doing that on like, itunes move them all over oh that is so nice they've thought of everything at spotify do not spotify. be tempted to start a startup that does this but <laughs> right spotify really like shout out to Spotify though, because every yeah. time I think it can get better, and I'm like, what else can you do? They do it. I think Partyful should add a button to be like one of their buttons. Now that I'm thinking about it, they should make this automatic. I feel like this is definitely like I shouldn't have to add a link. Partyful can benefit off this, and definitely. I actually think something that would be cool is, I know TikTok's evil and like must be destroyed, but I could see TikTok creating, um, maybe if two people that are like doing like a collab or whatever, like you know, you can make those joint tweets. Maybe if two people are making a joint video, I'm not sure if that's like a feature you can do yet on TikTok. Mm. If they could like merge their music library that they saved on, um, that they saved over on TikTok. So for example, my friends and I have a running group called, I think it's called Cool or Hot Girls Run Slow. We're running a, or training for a half marathon <laughs> and all of us are Love very it. out of shape. We made a TikTok account um, to post all of our runs and we share our runs with like our friends with it, right? But it would be really cool if we had all of our saved music from our accounts on our regular TikToks and put those right into the running TikTok. So we didn't have to go back each time and like find out which song we liked or which love it, which sound. Yeah, totally. And you had mentioned actually, even when we were chatting before this, that you could, I could imagine there being, like you said, you could imagine there being TikTok challenges for parties. Like I would like to see, I'd like to see Spotify integrate karaoke. Or oh, that would be so right? cool. Or Partiful, like bring in karaoke. Because I feel like the thing that these party apps often miss is that they like, sure, you can plan the party and then you can get your photos after. But like, what do you do during the party? Oh, what's like Partiful game? should add a premium feature that lets you pay for like games and karaoke and stuff. Yes. <gasps> Hello. Wait, what's, what's that game where you can ask a question and then the group has to answer on their phones and they get pulled up? And yeah, Jackbox. oh my gosh, Jackbox, Jackbox TV. Oh, top 10 game. That is a top 10 game. Put the that best. put that on anything. anything. That, that, you're right. That is actually such, Molly, that is a punch up. We need that. We need that. Partyful needs we that. We need that. Partyful. Oh, Call me. Perfect. Premium features because you're going to need to monetize. 
But if you start making me like buy coins to send my invites or whatever, that's dumb. Don't nickel and dime me with that crap. Please don't. Monetize with awesome in-party features. Yeah. I like that idea. Boom. Partyful's planning your whole party then, hopefully by 2024. Planning your whole party. I love it. All right. Well, this is amazing. I think we have planned a perfect party. Our last tip for you, uh, if you're not using Partiful, it sounds like on Partiful, you can at least upload all of your photos, which is amazing. Our last tip for you is that honestly, the easiest way for you all to share photos, because right now I'm in group text hell. With this, it's just Google Drive. Yes. Just, <laughs> just Google Drive. It don't send just the iCloud them. link. iCloud it link. doesn't I- work. There's a bunch of things that have gotten messed up. I feel like with the new um, like iPhone updates, one of them is voice to text. Mine, nobody's. I don't know why it's not it's working. Horrible. Yeah, it's destroyed. I don't, I don't know what happened, but it's it, ruining it's, my whole life. Apple. It, it is yeah. ruining my whole life. Voice to text is pretty bad. And a few updates ago, iCloud links kind of died too. Like they're mine are always like pending. Like so many my friends that have older phones now, especially, and I'm like, ah, this sucks. So. Yeah, we're leaving iCloud links uh, back back in 2022, and we're only <laughs> using Google Drives in 2023. <laughs> All right, Rachel, awesome. thank you uh, for the awesome segment. Everybody, have a great party. We're going to be kicking it at our twist party. You're all virtually invited. Happy New Year. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. All right, that's it for today, everybody. Great show. We'll be back tomorrow to celebrate an amazing year in tech and startup news with our Twisty Awards for 2022. That's why I'm wearing this fancy dress. You're not going to want to miss it.